0: I wasn't even scared. I was just like, fuck, not this again. Like, I don't want to go through this again. That's scary. Like, I don't want to deal with it. It's exhausting, I'm just here to sleep. My name's Lydia and you're listening to Psychic-ish, my podcast where I try and figure out what my psychic experiences mean as someone who feels a little bit too normal to be part of the psychic world, but too psychic to be part of the normal world. I really need to catch you up to date in what's been happening over the last two weeks. And honestly, I think one of the most... Validating experiences I've had yet, and like actually believing that I could be psychic happened over the weekend. So, what you need to know is that winter's coming up in Whistler, and we've moved into the other bedroom in our house. And as we were moving stuff across from the first bedroom into the back bedroom, I started noticing, like, some weird little things. Like, I'd be in the bedroom and the light would just start flickering for long periods of time. And I put it on my Insta story, but I tried to tell myself in the beginning that it was just a plumbing issue. And I know that sounds silly, but... The coincidence was that it would be flickering when there was some kind of tap-on in the house. So if someone was in the bathroom or if our landlords upstairs were flushing the toilet or washing their dishes or whatever, that seemed to be happening while these flickerings were going on. But as we spent the first night in this new room, I realised that it had nothing to do with the water at all. And as the flickerings kept happening, no water on the house was um, being turned on. So that little logical explanation went straight out of the window. If you were going to try and match logistics with psychic stuff, I could see how you might just be like, Lydia, is this not just the spirit that you had when you first moved in last year that came to you in your room? And that was the little spirit who I think was around about 12 years old. Her name was Savannah and she was blonde and she was really upset because she was trying to send all these signs to her mum and her mum just wasn't seeing them. She was too clouded in her own grief. And I sat with Savannah and worked through... Some of the trauma linked to how she passed away. I know there was a lot of discomfort in her lungs. Uh, And then I don't know why, but I think I ended up seeing that she needed like different colors worked through her body. Like I think in my mind, I'm seeing white, pink and blue right now. And I think I even ended up braiding her hair and kind of weaving, weaving, (laughs) weaving ribbons of those colors through her hair. But she was a real jokester little spirit. Like, she'd push my watermelons off the bench. She'd crash coat hangers in the wardrobe when we hadn't been into the wardrobe for days. She'd start playing music on Dan's computer. Like, music neither of us had ever really listened to, and he just wouldn't be able to figure out where it was coming from. And, you know, he's in IT. He's a software developer. So (laughs) for him not to figure it out, that kind of meant something. And at the time... I didn't tell him about this just because I didn't want to freak him out. You know? You know how he is. So, I know it would be, like, the most, as I said, logical thing to think that the spirit in this new room would just be the same. But I immediately sensed that it wasn't. And I hadn't felt Savannah since uh, we moved back to Whistler earlier in summer. So... I don't know. I just (laughs) was being like really weary about this room, right? And as we were sort of moving our stuff in, we were dog sitting at the same time as we have been doing quite a lot recently. And Dan and I, I was actually FaceTiming my mom and Dan just came in and like interrupted our conversation and said, Lynn, have you ever seen the dog in that back room and I said no because like the way that our house is laid out is that when you open the front door you're in our lounge and the kitchen's behind it the bathroom is behind that and down the hall is the room that we're now in our old room was if we walked in the front door we're in the lounge it was to your right so we never really had any issues with Dog sitting because when she'd stay over, she, you know, would come into our room, but we realized that she stopped sort of in the kitchen area. She'd never come down to the bathroom, she'd never come down to this back room. So we tried with my mum on FaceTime to get her into this back room. And she's like a limpet on Daniel. Like she loves that boy. I wish she loved me as much she loved him, but she doesn't, and that's okay. I can be second place. But she follows him wherever he goes. So he kind of, you know, went up to where she was sitting in the lounge and tried to get her to follow him to come into this back room. And she'd get to this point where she'd just stop and not follow him. And we kind of looked at each other and we are just like, she looks scared. Like, why isn't she following us? And this kept going for about five minutes maybe and she still wouldn't come like we got treats out for her she still wouldn't come we both were like slapping our legs being like titi come 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 and she like wouldn't come along and normally she gets hyped by that kind of thing so he decided to pick her up she doesn't really like being picked up but she loves him so you know she'll just go along with whatever so he picks her up starts walking her down the hallway and her legs just start going. Like, she's just trying to scramble out of his arms. He kind of puts her near the ground. She jumps out. Like, this is a big golden doodle. So she, like, jumps out of his arms and runs back to the lounge. And we see that she's shaking. And I'm just like, fuck, like, what's, what's in this room? And um, actually, like, about half an hour passes And I say to Dan, like, maybe we just both sit in this room. She's not used to us being in here. Why don't we both just sit in here and wait to see if she follows us in? Because she's a little bit of an anxious one. So she likes company. And that actually worked. So after about half an hour, she trotted in, came to us, jumped on the bed for a second, and then, like, dashed out of the room. So (laughs) that was progress, you know? Um, But... It kind of, yeah, had had my little ghost radar blinging about, you know. I wondered if maybe she just had a bad experience in this room before. Like, it might not necessarily be a ghost. So that's just what I was kind of telling myself uh, all up until we actually moved in here properly and and stayed in here. Now, that's another story. I, uh... (laughs) I really like this room. There's a lot more more room. There's probably like 30 centimetres extra, but it's just nice to have fresh scenery, you know, I guess. I don't know. I just like a change of scenery. And um, we were going to sleep. I think it was the second night that we were here. The first night I was just exhausted, so I didn't experience anything. But the second night, as uh, I was trying to get to sleep, Dan was snoring away. I made sure that he was situated in the bed so that he's closer to the doorway and I'm kind of sandwiched between him and the wall. That's like how I feel, safer. So we had to change our sides of the bed, but doesn't really matter at the end of the day as long as we all feel safe in our surroundings. But I remember I was um, just struggling to get comfortable. So I ended up turning over And I was lying on my left side. So I was facing Dan. And he was facing away from me. And I've never... Like, I know this is a really common experience. I know my sister experienced this in our house growing up a few times. But I've never experienced the whole trying to go to sleep at night. And then feeling like a really heavy pressure on your chest. And like you can't move. I've never experienced that and I know it can either be like as you're trying to go to sleep or you kind of wake up in the middle of the night and you feel something really heavy on your chest and you can't move I that freaks me out not gonna lie like I don't know what the explanation is there for that but uh (laughs) as I was just lying there I felt that but I As I said, I was lying on my side, so the pressure wasn't on my chest. It was actually on my neck. So it kind of just felt like there was not a hand, but just like a large kind of energy or whatever, just putting all this pressure on the right hand side of my neck. And it kind of felt like I was being choked. And Right away, I was like, "Whoop! This is not for me." Did not feel safe. Um, it felt like, like even if I if I try and think about the energy that's in this room, it feels masculine. Oh yeah, I just got shivers. Cool. So <laughs> it feels masculine, and <sighs> so what I ended up doing, because you know, as as my mind. <laughs> tries to go through ways in which I could make myself safer in this situation I just turn over to my right hand side so I'm facing away from Dan and I'm just facing the wall because you know just changing the (laughs) orientation of your body will dispel a spirit if you want to (laughs) (laughs) but I was just lying there and immediately I started feeling like a little bit of a tickling on my forehead (laughs) I hadn't experienced that since I was living in that house I grew up in. So since I was about 18 and there used to be a spirit in my bedroom that would kind of just stroke my face as I was trying to go to sleep and I'd have to physically like move my hand up and swat at my face where it was touching to try and get it to stop. And so feeling that again, after like 11 years, I was just, I wasn't even scared. I was just like, fuck, not this again. Like, I don't want to go through this again. That's scary. Like, I don't want to deal with it. It's exhausting. I'm just here to sleep. (laughs) So my mind, as it does, tries to rationalize it. It tries to tell me that it's Dan's breath. It's him, he's sleeping with his mouth open and he's just breathing and it's that breath that is tickling my forehead. So what do I do? Like bearing in mind that I think this, even though he's turned away from me, but you know, the mind works in mysterious ways. So I end up putting my left hand up to my face as like a shield against his breath, just in case it was his breath. And the tickling still continues it just feels like like if you were to uh, raise your fingers up to your face right now and just lightly drag them across your forehead like that's what it felt like and so I did as I did as a teenager and I just brought my hand to my forehead and just like swiped at it but it didn't stop it so I just put my duvet over my head and went to sleep. I don't know if, Me not being as scared about this is like spiritual growth, or if I've just become a bit accustomed to it and I've become a bit numb to it. I don't know if it's because I truly believe that, like, I know enough protection wise to not be hurt by spirits. You know, like, I now know through my spirit guides what I need to do if I'm in a really scared situation. So, I actually ended up imagining a shield in my mind like Archangel Michael once showed me to just sort of um, put up a barrier to any spirit coming in in our room. And I haven't needed to do that for about eight months, I'd say. I haven't needed to do that in Whistler. I needed to do it in Vancouver, but not here. So I almost forgot how to do it. But I also don't know if... I'm not scared of it just because, like, I'm on anti anxiety medication for my panic attacks. I'm not too sure what the reason is there for me not being as scared. It might be a mixture. But luckily, we took the dog back and she didn't have to. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. If you heard that, that's just um, a chair being dragged across upstairs. It's not a spirit, I promise, but it did scare me. <laughs> Uh, so the dog didn't actually have to sleep in our room with us so luckily we didn't have to cross that bridge but we did go down to Vancouver over the weekend just because the weather here is starting to get really cold and we're just not prepared like I'm low-key really terrified about how cold it's going to be here Um, So we went down to celebrate our eight year anniversary and to just get some Merino, you know, (laughs) feels weird getting Merino in Canada, so far away from New Zealand, where it's probably being imported from. But Dan and I just wanted to make sure with our landlords that like we were buying the right stuff. It's quite the investment. And we just wanted to make sure that we'd be as warm as possible on the mountain. So when we got back to Whistler, we... Went up to our landlord's place and just had a good old chat about what we'd found. And typically, like, we just get along with them really well. They've got two kids that are, how old are they? I think one must be 20 or 21 and the other is 18. So they're young parents, you know, and I just think maybe they see a little bit of themselves in us. So we end up just chatting for hours when we go up there. It's actually kind of an issue because like we'll go up to talk about something and I'll have plans to do something else or like I'll need to have an early night. And next thing I know, it's like midnight. So (laughs) we go up there and before we go, I tell Dan, I'm just like, should we just put a boundary in there just be like we can only talk for an hour and he was like look Lynn you can just take yourself away when when you want to and i was like okay just knowing that I, i'm such a people pleaser i can't just leave in the middle of a good conversation you know but um we talk about all the merino and that kind of jazz and then the conversation kind of shifts as it usually does and The things that we've most been talking about recently, especially myself and the mum, or the wife, the wife and the (laughs) mum, is babies. Because, you know, I told her that we've been thinking more and more about when we'd like to start trying to have children and just what that might look like. Uh, The last time we went up there... She knows about my psychic stuff purely because when we moved in, they saw my microphone and I kind of had to tell them what my podcast was about. But she's really spiritual. She's really into Vedic meditation and things like that. So she's definitely got her own very strong beliefs. But she doesn't judge anything I have to say about my experiences. And I'm not too sure if her husband kind of believes in things in the way that she does but I think he's kind of like Dan in the sense where he knows it's real for her and so it's just a safe space for me to talk about that kind of stuff but the last time I was up there she was sort of asking about what had gone on in our lives and I was telling her about you know this new stage and she kind of said to me she was like oh I wouldn't want to do readings when you're pregnant and I just said well why? And she said that, you know, she wouldn't want me to be sort of opening up my body to these entities that come in, no matter what they are, and possibly expose my baby to that kind of stuff as well. And it's really just given me something to think about ever since. So she really knows where we're at. And when we were upstairs, I was telling them about my new thing that I've noticed, which is I'll get obsessed with a baby name. I've always been obsessed with baby names. I, as a kid, used to write lists of the baby names that I liked. I'd read my mum's baby name book that she used for my sisters and I, and I'd read through the names every day after school, write out these lists and reorder the names depending on what I liked more that day or if one had been crossed off the list, you know? And, um, what I've started to notice recently is that I'll have this new obsession with a name that just randomly comes to me. It won't necessarily be one that I've seen, but for instance, the first time it happened, it was with the name Sarah, S-A-R-A, Sarah, kind of like off serendipity. And I just, Would have this name I wouldn't be able to think about anything else I'd just imagine our first child with that name And then after about two or three months I'd be trying to go to sleep at night And I'd have a spirit come through And their name would be Sarah Spelled in the same way And I'd go through and talk to them About whatever was going on for them And then the next morning I couldn't care less about the name Sarah I felt no attachment to it And couldn't imagine my kid being called that name So this has happened about five or six times now in the last year. And I was just filling them in on it. And I was like, it's just really confusing. Like, I don't know when we do get pregnant, if we can, hopefully, what that's going to look like. Like, how am I ever going to know if it's a spirit trying to come through to me and I just like that name or if it's actually, you know, a name that I like. And the mum just sits there and she's like, babies name themselves anyway. And then the conversation kind of shifted. They asked me if I'd ever experienced anything in their house or if I ever felt a presence in their house. And I said to them, like, I really wanted to bring up our new bedroom um, and just wanted to talk about the weird stuff that was kind of happening in there. But I just started talking about Savannah and I was just like, oh, well, when we first moved in, there was a little girl spirit that would just kind of play some tricks on us. And she came through, just as I said earlier in the episode, right? Like she had problems with her lungs and she was really upset that her mum couldn't see her. But I ended up working through that with her. And then she came back to me the next night, elated, crying with happiness, saying that her mum was finally going to see her. And... They kind of talked about our little suite and they said that when they moved in, there was a tenant down here that sort of came with the house when they bought it. Like the tenancy was already, I don't know how things work in Canada, but the tenant was already down here and there have been families that have lived down here. And I asked them, have you, because I just always assumed that they'd sort of bought this house maybe like 15 years ago. Um, I just thought that it would have been like their second house or something. I don't know why, but I asked them if they'd had their kids before moving here because they have a son and then their younger daughter, her name's Savannah. So I asked them if, as I said, I've said this three times, if they'd already had their kids before moving in and they said no. And then... The dad was just like, oh, no, actually, we had our eldest, like they had their son. I'm just going to change his name just for, you know, their anonymity. The name Thomas is coming to mind. So they had little Thomas. And then a few years later, they had Savannah and she was born downstairs, kind of on like the other side of the wall where we are at the moment. Um, And apparently Thomas was there like it was a whole family event. And I was like, that's so interesting because when we first moved in and that little spirit came through to me, her name was Savannah. And at the time I just thought maybe, maybe the name Savannah came to mind so easily for me because we'd just moved in and that was your daughter's name. And they just stopped and they looked at each other and they just said, so that's where Thomas heard it. I've got shivers right now. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? And they started telling me about how their son, without really knowing it, is really spiritual. Like he'd kind of wake up as a kid and start telling his mum these stories about being a child in Africa. So she's very aware that, you know, these were probably past life memories and there was a lot of stuff going on. But They said that they actually thought they were having another boy. So they only had boy names prepared. And when the baby came out, the son said, can I call my friends and tell them Savannah's here? And they said they'd never heard the name Savannah in their life. (laughs) They'd never heard of it. And so they just thought that that was their son naming their daughter. So I just kind of stand there with my jaw open. I'm just like, shut up. And then I look over to Dan, who didn't even know about Savannah in the beginning. And he just has his eyes like wide open and he's just like looking at me. And we're just kind of standing there, like kind of excited, right? Because this is kind of a weird thing to happen. And they started saying that, like, when they moved in, it was very similar to how things were when my parents first moved into our childhood home, where the deal was very quick. And there were some kind of weird things, or just weird circumstances when they moved in. Like, he said that there were about 14 Christmas trees just in the backyard, and he had to go and sort of, like, slog them all away. Like, there was just some weird feeling of um, a rushed sale. But, that to me In it's weird little way It was just so much validation Because as I said When Savannah The spirit Savannah First came through to me Last year Or maybe the year before that I don't even know How long we've been here for I know it's been 18 months But When she first came through Like the experience itself Was so real to me In the moment And I just knew her name I knew what she looked like But as time kind of goes on, that's when my doubt kind of begins to grow or maybe that's when my logical mind starts to fester a little bit and I just start trying to rationalize things away. So the fact that I hadn't thought about this in such a long time and then just getting that kind of wow moment was pretty big. And um, we went downstairs at midnight. (laughs) I didn't stick to my little time boundary. And I wanted to bring it up to Dan because I wanted to see how he felt. Like he didn't even know that I thought there was a spirit here when we moved in. And I didn't need to. We sat down and he said to me, that was just so, I can't even remember how he described it, but he was like, that was just so incredible to see you in that scenario. And I was like, what do you mean? I knew what he meant. I just wanted to fish. <laughs> I wanted to fish a little bit. I wanted him to talk about it more. <laughs> so he he just said, it's just crazy to see, you know, you kind of realize these things and get validation from two other people at the same time. He's like, you, it means you can't get in your own way. You can't doubt it. Like, it's just really cool to see. And especially with people that you trust and can talk to about this kind of stuff. And I was like a very proud little girlfriend in that moment. So I've just sort of been like sitting and marinating in that for the last week. But (laughs) I don't know why, but I've had this feeling like, because I have sage and I'm just like, I could so go and sage our new bedroom right now and like get rid of the spirit that's in here but I weirdly want to know more about them I haven't done any channelings in here since we moved in so I think I might set that up and just see what kind of information comes through and then if I am really scared I'll just sage it out and Mum, I know you'll be nervous for me right now but I will be safe don't you worry (laughs) it's been lovely chatting with you today oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost forgot to share this part of the whole story. So on either the first or second night in this room, I cannot remember, like I can't remember the order, I can't remember if this happened the night before all that precious stuff on my neck, or if it happened the night after. I think it happened the night after, but whatever night it was, was the night of Dan and I's 8 year anniversary We weren't celebrating that night We were going to celebrate in the weekend after When we were down in Vancouver And Dan's in bed In our new room And I'm still sort of brushing my teeth Getting everything ready To go to bed And I come into the room and I shut the door And he's just lying there And he's looking gorgeous Because he is a beautiful, beautiful man And I see Like this purple orb floating above him like maybe I want to say three quarters of a meter 75 centimeters away from him I don't know why I'm trying to get so specific with measurements but between half a meter and a meter away from him and it's kind of like the size of a small I wouldn't say a basketball but like a little pilates ball you know one of those little deflated balls that you have to hold between your legs and I'm kind of just standing there looking at it and I'm just like cool My first thought was that this could be a spirit baby. And it's going to sound so crazy if you haven't heard about it before. But I think I first heard about spirit babies maybe when my sister Soph was pregnant and she read a book about spirit babies. And apparently, like, two or three years before you're ready to have children sometimes your spirit babies are like the babies that are meant to come through for you and your little family start kind of communicating or just showing that they're ready to come <laughs> this makes no sense i don't know what i'm doing i haven't even read the book spirit babies anyway okay moral of the story i thought this purple orb was <laughs> our spirit baby so i i Kind of freaked out a little. I didn't tell Dan. I just, in my mind, was like, okay, we're not getting intimate tonight. Because (laughs) while we desperately want to have a baby, we're literally in the process of trying to tick off all the things we want to do that you can't really do as easily when you have kids. So like planning travel, want to have a season snowboarding here. Just all those little things, you know. So we definitely want one within the year or like want to start trying within the year, but we've got things we want to do first. So I was like, okay, no spirit, baby. Tonight's not your night. And then I go and I lie down in bed and Dan's on his side and I'm just kind of looking up at the ceiling and I see the orb again. It's just kind of floating maybe like a meter and a half above my vision field. And... Again, I don't say anything to Dan. I'm just kind of watching it. Um, I'd still love for my spirit babies to be around, you know. It's just that there's no way that we're ready right now. (laughs) And I can actually hear, like, a little voice in my head being like, you can't control when it's going to happen. But I know that's just because I've been told that by so many people. That's not a spirit telling me that. That's just maybe (laughs) reason in my head. But after a few moments of me just kind of like looking at this orb, I hear a voice of my nana who recently passed away and she said, she said, happy anniversary, you two And I can't remember like the exact words, but she was just sharing how proud of us she is and how much she loves us and I could tell that my granddad was with her. He's always been the silent type, you know? So um I <laughs> I just forgot. I just forgot another part of the story. I did tell Dan. I <laughs> well not about the orb, but I turned round to him and I just said, babe. I was like, I just heard my nana and granddad say happy anniversary and he's just silent for a little bit and he just goes scary and I just laugh and I'm just like did you just say scary and he goes no I said that's caring (laughs) I don't know if he actually said scary and that was just a save but I think he did actually say that's caring and it wasn't until I was telling my friend at work the next day about, like, seeing this little orb, just because we're both on the same wavelength in terms of how soon we want to have kids, and we talk about it a lot, that I remembered back in whatever episode it was. I can't remember. All these episodes merge for me, so sorry. I don't know the numbers. But back around about this time last year... I was having some weird little conversation with my higher self, like I saw my higher self come through. And I also saw in the distance this purple orb, and I knew it was my granddad, and I just started seeing him kind of, oh wait, no. I saw my granddad, and I think like my higher self was indicative of the purple orb. Oh fuck, I don't know. I, okay, sitting down here, I thought I'd seen my granddad as this purple orb, and that, hearing my Nana's voice and having that purple orb there kind of showed that they were both there together, but I'm pretty sure it was my higher self that came through that I saw as the purple orb. I don't know. I'm so confused. I'm really confused. At the end of the day, Nana and granddad just wanted to wish us happy anniversary and my, my, Oh my God. Um, oh my god. I am alone in the house right now. There's no one above. The the dog is here with me because we're dog sitting again. But our landlords are away. Dan just went out mountain biking and I just heard the TV turn on. Um... (laughs) I don't know if the voice kind of like picked up on the microphone but I heard it from the lounge really quietly I'm just gonna go and and check on it oh my god I've never had that happen before. What are the chances while well, I'm bloody recording? You okay TT? Is there something out here? You can come back. Okay, so just went out there. The TV wasn't on, but I a hundred percent heard like an American voice, like it almost sounded like an advertisement. My heart is like going nuts. Um I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> But what I was going to say is that my Nana really loved Dan. She, she, I don't know, she seemed to kind of get nervous around him whenever he was around and she'd kind of blush like she definitely had a crush on him. And so it meant a lot that she came through on our anniversary night. And it's just nice to know that they're both, you know, happy about our relationship, because I always wanted, like, I'd always wish for my granddad to meet Dan. Um, And I know I haven't talked about my nana at all, but the one thing that did happen shortly after she passed away is, like, I just heard her voice in my head 24-7. Like, I heard her pretty much narrating my day, like when I was brushing my teeth, when I was cooking breakfast, like she'd just kind of comment on everything I was doing. And at the time, I just thought it was my brain trying to process that she'd gone. And I was just trying to imagine what she'd say if she was here. But now that that voice is like no longer there, oh, that's the dog. (laughs) I miss it. And at the time, I should have just, Appreciated it for what it was and not try to focus on whether I was imagining things or not. I should have just kind of held my nana's voice, you know, because it's one of those things that fades. So just hearing her little voice on that night was really lovely. And the funniest thing is, is that she. Never talked about anything spiritual. Like my granddad had had that near-death experience. So he was never afraid of death. And he'd talk about it all the time. But my nana didn't really share any beliefs about it. And she never said anything. So when she passed. I didn't think that I'd ever really see her again. Because I knew she didn't really think about this kind of stuff. Um, But she's actually... The one person that's come through the absolute strongest after passing in my life. So, yeah. Love you, Nana. <laughs> Love you, Granddad. Love you, Dan. <laughs> Love you, spirit, baby. <laughs> I'll have a question box up tomorrow on my Instagram at psychic Podcast. For you to share any questions or theories from today's episode. But for now... You've been listening to Psychic Ish. Best of luck getting to sleep tonight. Bye bye.